When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the movie podcast review of The Holdovers. My name is Daniel and class is in session. And joining alongside me today, staying behind for the Christmas break, it's Shabazz. Hey guys, how's everyone doing? You know, if I were to be stuck on Christmas break with you two fine gentlemen, I would love it. I would not be upset. I would not be upset about it at all. Keeping us in suspense there, Shabazz. I yeah, wanted be, to subvert the audience's expectations. I would be upset. You know, it'd be... Yeah, I know. <laughs> See? Oh, well, there you go. I'd be upset. Uh, that other lovely voice that you're hearing, Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I hate being in detention with you guys. I'm mm-hmm. transferring to another school. Oh, wow. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but now if you get left behind... So the whole thing is like, if you get left behind because your parents don't want Dude, you over I'm, the Christmas break... I'm a break, drifter. I'm a hitchhiker, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Are you in this scenario? Are you not a student in the school? You're, you're like, a child, yeah. Right now, your child. I choose to be yeah. a hitchhiker, so I don't You'd have to deal student. with you. Do oh, a student? Oh, I, world. I am a student. student of the movie podcast. Dude, I am the kung fu kid. Like the legend continues. Can someone can someone check Anthony's air <laughs> pressure in in his room? Maybe it's, <laughs> it might be a little low. I travel. I travel <laughs> the world. I think you time travel. Man. Can we really? Sorry, before we before we get into anything else, can we can we quickly talk about? Uh, Anthony's message to you from last night, Daniel, because we've been laughing about it all day. And I think it we have been laughing be about it. And show. I think, you know, the town of, you know, where this film takes place in the holdovers, it could be a place called Shiny Falls. It, Anthony yeah. sent me a message last night. So full disclosure, this is the movie podcast. We like to have fun. We're going to get to our review of the holdovers very, very soon. But yeah, Anthony sent me a message last night. Um, and it was very funny because I earlier in the day, I'm talking probably 12 hours 8 a.m 8 a.m 12 hours before he responded uh i asked him i'm like hey man where are you in super mario brothers wonder which is a review that will be coming out very very soon and he's like oh i don't know because we were watching another movie we were we we're at our theater we were watching the killer which that review is also out right now um and then late on at night i'm talking like 10 o'clock at night like well, it's not that late at night, but yeah, I asked him like 12 hours earlier. He just messages me today. You asked me what world I'm on. I'm on shining falls. And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just sitting, I was there sitting just beside like, you. I'm like, what could this mean? What? No, could this possibly no, you mean? tell them the truth. You tell them what you were I doing. I did. So the first thing I did, because I was trying to deconstruct what this poetry was that you just sent me this limerick. So I was, I was like, okay, what could this possibly mean? And I'm, I'm watching a movie with Shay, and we're just like, full zoned into the movie that we're watching. Definitely and zoned in. I, I googled it, and I'm like, I'm seeing like different people come up. I'm like, who could this be? A country artist? Could this be a song that Anthony really likes? And he's just like, this is his way of, like, <laughs> like wishing me well or saying good night or something like that. And then Shay looks over to me. He's like, do you think he means Mario Wonder? And I'm like. That makes a lot more sense. Today you asked me. 
what world I'm in. I'm in Shining Falls. It just sounds so poetic. <laughs> it does sound so poetic. And then Anthony, I sent him like, is this a lyric of this person? He's like, no, <laughs> who's that? Don't talk to me again, man. And I think that just that such a wonderful up. summary of who we are at the movie podcast. We like to have fun. We like to have fun with one another. And we like to talk about movies. And that's what we're here doing today. This is our review of The Holdovers, which is directed by Alexander Payne. The last few films that you may know him from are movies like Sideways, Nebraska, uh, Downsizing, The Descendants. So there's a lot of films in his lineage that you may have watched already. Uh, so we're going to talk about that very, very soon. But you know what? There's lots of places that you could follow us to see all the other reviews that we have coming out that may be out already or coming your way, like I said earlier in the show before we got sidetracked a little bit with you know our Shining Falls story. Uh, probably not the last time it will come up on the movie podcast. Because no. Shining Falls should be a state of mind, I think. And I, and I just, <laughs> it's something that's going to stay with us. That's how I feel all the time. Uh, but make sure you're following us on at the movie podcast on Instagram, X, TikTok, and Letterboxd. And be honest, it takes a little while to get used to saying X. Uh, but make sure you're following us on there. Everything you need to know is in the show notes below, including how to watch this review on YouTube. If you want to see our lovely faces, if you want to see us laugh at our own jokes and our banter, uh, but also our Discord. So if you want to have some great conversations going, uh, make sure you join us. We already have some great conversations going. Um, and yeah, it's a great place to join and just and talk, talk movies, talk entertainment, whatever you're watching. I do want to direct your attention over to some incredible episodes that we have out right now, including our review for The Killer and for Spider-Man 2 on PS5. That's our spoiler-free review. We will be releasing a spoiler-filled discussion very, very soon, as well as some really cool interviews with people from the movie and TV world. There's lots of big films coming and I really want to implore you, make sure you're following us on socials because that's where you're going to see our giveaways, all of our interviews and everything cool that we have coming up. The Holdover stars Paul Giamatti, Divine Joy Randolph and Dominic Sessa. It's going to be releasing in theaters in the United States by Focus Features on October 27th. That is this week. Next week it will be available in Toronto and will release to expanding cities in the week following. Now, Alexander Payne is the director of this film. We've watched a bunch of his films before. The last film that we've watched of him, which was Shrinking, uh, which is a film that I watched for the very first time this year, believe it or not. It was on TV. Have you guys seen Shrinking? Have you, you watched yeah, it? Yeah, I saw it on TV last year or this year as well. Like It was just on and I somehow got through it. It's a it's a very interesting one. I think oh you know why? Because I think we were interviewing Hong Chao, who was also in that yes, film. Yes, she is. And I and I was like, oh, we're going to be interviewing her. I'm going to watch this, and it was an interesting film. But what nice way of saying it. But what I will say, what I think Alexander Payne does really well is writing human characters. And I would love Shay for you to give us your thoughts, kind of coming into the holdovers, and your first reactions to the film. Yeah, I mean, when we when we saw the trailer for this movie, you know. I I got this this sense of feeling like oh this is a very like indie film you know you see movies like this kind of pop up often um, can they stick the landing because not all the time do they do they sometimes maybe go too much for the aesthetic of that time period and kind of miss the story and the and the writing elements that kind of come with the characters I I'm so happy to report that the holdovers really is is this warm hug through time. You you get all these different elements of the of the late sixties, early seventies that that transition period of that time. You see all that kind of happen, and it's 
it's really wonderful. I, I it felt like hot cocoa on on a on a Christmas day. There's just so much about it that is is beautiful. And I think one of the things that always really works well in the movie is when you have actors that are relatively unknown, minus Paul Giamatti, uh, you get performances that surprise you because you really don't know what to expect. There's nothing really holding you over. And no pun intended. Hold on a second. Uh, oh, no pun, yeah, no pun intended. You get these amazing performances, but you really get transported through time because the way Alexander Payne has shot this film, it really does feel, from the opening title credits to at the very end of the film, you feel like this is a film right out of 1970, 1971. Like it's really from that time period, all the way down to the audio, Daniel, you're mentioning. It was, uh, it was mixed in mono, I believe. So you get all those different vibes that really feel like they're from that time, but also the story alone it's so wholesome. It's just, there's this level of, sorry, when I say wholesome, I mean like it's PG 13 wholesome, which is the movies that I think you, all three of us really grew up watching as a kid where a movie would be, they would drop the F bomb or a couple times or they'd say shit. They'd say all these things, but it'd still be in that PG 13 realm. It really felt like it was that time period. The story is great. The acting is phenomenal. I think Dominic Sessa has a, a wonderful career ahead of him because he's just so immediately magnetic. You really want to gravitate towards this character. You really want to understand what is going on in this boy's life. And you can start to kind of paint the picture on your own, but it's the way the story unfolds. It, it's kind of it's subverting your expectations for a lot of things. The story really has taken the forefront of it all. And not only are the aesthetics working for the movie, but also just the feeling, the natural feeling of this movie as well. So there's, there's a couple of things I want to touch on that you brought in before we get Anthony to jump in here. The story of this film, the premise is very simple, is that Paul Giamatti is a teacher at a private school or a prep school that is like obviously full of rich kids. Um, and there's a couple of kids, they call them the holdovers who do not get, uh, that don't go home for the Christmas holidays for the two weeks, either because their parents are out of the country or their parents are busy, whatever excuse the parents give, been abandoned. these kids stay there. So every, they've been abandoned basically for the two weeks, but every, so every year a teacher rotates of who's going to be taking on, you know, that, that guardianship of those kids who's going to be staying on campus with them. Um, very much reminiscent of Shay, you know, I, what you and I were talking about, it's like, it's like that episode of recess where like Spinelli has to go stay with Miss Finster for the weekend. Like we've seen like that trope before where you're getting like the student and you're getting the teacher and you're going to get them in an environment that is you, where they really have to learn about one another outside and what's the, the one with, where Gus can't go yeah. to the field trip. And then the the whole time the, the yeah. gang is trying to get his dad on the phone, like contact his contact his dad. Exactly, yeah. there's another episode of Recess that very similar, and it's funny because there's a, a scene similar. in this where there's it starts off with more kids at being the holdovers, and then it just turns out that the other kids are able to go off um, on their adventure, and uh, Dominic Sessa is left there with Paul Giamatti's character. Um, and they have such a wonderful chemistry with one another. Uh, but we're going to talk to that a little bit more. But I, I do want to mention, because you talked about the trailer, and what I loved so much about the trailer is that it felt very just like a throwback. Like this felt like it sounds like you're watching a trailer on a cassette tape on a VHS. There is a voiceover of that classic, like almost like 70s or 80s type voiceover that you would get on a film. This uh, The holder was felt like a movie that we grew up watching by like Gus Van Sant or uh, or any one of those like brilliant directors in the 90s or 80s working because it just has that vibe to it and you set it around christmas and it brings a whole other flair to it anthony please jump in we'd love to hear your thoughts on the holdovers honestly when we were driving to go watch this film 
I said to you guys, I don't know about this movie. I just don't think I'll be able to connect with it. And uh, within a minute of seeing the title cards, and it just had to, t- it just took the title cards to get me hooked. And within after that minute, just the way the story takes a few minutes just to showcase where it takes place, I knew that I was being transported into a different time period. And that's what this movie really does. It transports you back to that time period, the late 60s, early 70s. And I just felt like this must have been what it was like to watch movies back in that time period. You know, movies that just, they don't really have a huge franchise behind them. It's not some sort of huge action it's like just just real drama and comedy, and let's just tell the story. And, and th- this is the story that a lot of filmmakers want to have on the big screen. They want this type of story to kind of connect with their audience. And The Holdovers is definitely that movie. I think it's a story that you wouldn't expect to be endearing. It has a cozy element to it. It takes place during Christmas. These characters that are you're surrounded with are not the the most lovable people in the world but you you grow to love them and you grow to care about where they go to until the end of that film and you want to see them you know be happy and i think that's what this movie is all about it's about it's on it it really focuses on you know doesn't matter what creed you come from what religion what race we we all are human and we're dealing with problems in our lives and how we share that with others and how we can get past that. And, and I, I love the messaging behind this movie. I think it's fantastic. I think it works well for just the holiday time period. And I thought everyone who's, who's part of this movie um, did a fantastic job. I think it's so well written. The acting, Paul is fantastic as this cranky teacher who hates being uh, I guess a uh, what do they call a boarding school teacher but has to deal with the people around him uh, he's very smart very intellectual but he's also Real grand- he's very stickler but he he I think like from what I learned I think he just hates teaching rich kids because of what you learn about his history um, he's connected with the, the cafeteria manager played by Divine and she's a, puts on a clinic her, her acting is perfect and, and then we have Angus, who, you know, first time being in a movie, because I, I was looking at his IMDb, this is his first performance, and he does such a great job surrounded by such great talent that he holds his ground in this movie. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love the whole aesthetic to, to the movie. I think you were telling me, Daniel, that this movie was shot with the the idea of let's use equipment from the 70s, let's just make it as original and as authentic as it can be alexander Payne recorded in mono which is absolutely wild and it really has like it, it i was looking at the aspect ratio for this is one eight five one very wide standard you know aspect ratio but the way alexander focuses on his subjects and brings you into this movie there's not a lot of dead space around you just feel like you're in this movie with these people and there's they just feel larger than life. And even though it's not an IMAX um, shot, you just feel like, holy, I feel like I'm there. I feel that there's this 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 warmth that it brings that the camera kind of travels with the with these uh, cat with the cast. And 
And it, there's not a lot of that empty space or large scenic space that you would normally get in a film. Um, I just, I was really surprised with this film. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. What's so surprising to me, um, and one of my, I think one of my favorite, you know, reactions that I think you've ever had, Anthony, is when you were leaving the theater today, because we were talking about, you know, this movie takes place in 1970, and you're just like, you know, Alexander Payne made the snow look old. You know what I mean? Like, it made, like, the snow of that time look different. And I can't, like, you think about what movies can do and transport us. So much of what The Holdovers does transports you into that time period. And you don't have to have a big spectacle of a film. You don't have to have a big blockbuster of a movie to really transport you. You could have just the simplest of stories of having a student, a teacher, and a cafeteria lady being stuck, being the ones left behind at Christmas. And you could tell one of the best stories of the year. And The Holdovers was that for me. You know, this was such an endearing story. It felt just like you guys both said, just cozy. It felt warm and fuzzy watching it. Like, you just feel like this is a movie from another time period. And, and another one that came to mind from a couple years ago, Licorice Pizza, which also felt like that movie was made in its time period. It felt like that was a film that we would have had on cassette or had or gone to Blockbuster and rented growing up or would have been on TV all the time growing up. This is that new kind of classic for me where you don't see it too often anymore, but whenever you do, it makes it all the more special. And The Holdovers is going to be that movie for me that I'm going to watch every November, December. It just has that new, that, that vibe where it's like, I feel like I've and not that it's like repeating itself or it's doing what's been done before. It's not. It's just that you feel familiar. You feel so comfortable with a movie like this. And when it comes down to Paul Giamatti, who is just so damn good in this film, he really does give one of the best performances of the year, I would say. Um, he's just so wonderful in everything that he's in. And, and you've seen it in all of his body of work. But his performance as, you know, this teacher who is so, I think, just scared to live his life, but also hates that he has to, you know, be part of a system that rewards people who are rich with no consequences. And he really is that last line of defense of just like, I'm going to teach these students. This is an all-boys school. I don't care who your dad is. I don't care who your family lineage is. I want to install, uh, instill a, a, a education into you so you know that you, no matter what you do growing up in life, that you were educated and you're not just using your money to your advantage. Paul is really, he's, he's giving you a performance that you know it's Paul Giamatti, but there's something about it where it still feels very fresh. It still feels very unpredictable. Like I could never tell, oh, when is that, you know, classic trope of the old, you know, cold heart melt. And it, it happens so organically and everything in this movie, just the way it occurs, it's it almost kind of, it takes what you're familiar with. It, it, you already know how a lot of these movies kind of go, but then it continues to elevate it with a lot of nuances that, you know, writers have discovered throughout time and have been able to implement in movies of the more modern age. So this movie really feels like, yes, it's from that era, but it also still has this familiarity of like today's world where you're looking at it through a lens almost and not just that you're being transported it does a really good job of kind of doing both and i think that's one of the most powerful things about this movie is you can it feels familiar but it also feels like it's from that time period another thing that i i really also enjoyed and this is one thing that i think we've discussed a lot on this show is pretty much every actor in this movie has that i've never seen a phone kind of face yeah 100 percent 
They don't have iPad face. They don't have iPhone face. God. You know, like where you're just like, hold on a second. Yeah. Like you ever, so you guys, have, do you guys see, it was going around social media a couple of weeks ago where there was a picture of like Robert De Niro as a baby that came out. And people were just, and people were saying, oh my God, he has iPad face. No. Like he looks like, he looks like he knows what an iPad is when he was I, a kid. I, I haven't he, seen that. It's, it's, it's funny seeing it because like, you know, what, like, you know what we mean? Like there are some we people have, out we there. We have iPad face. We do because guess what? We're, you, you, we're using so much technology right now to record this. Uh, but like, there are some people that they just look like they are, no matter what time period you put them in, you're like, yeah, like yeah. they look like, I believe that you've never seen an iPhone before. And this, you know cast, I mean? I, <laughs> this cast has that. They do. You, they don't look like they've seen an iPad or an iPhone before. No, no you way. Look at, you look at somebody like uh, Brady Hapner in this movie who plays Teddy Koontz. Uh, and they were recently in a film that I also just watched, uh, The Black Phone, which takes place around 1978. And I remember mentioning that to you guys that, you know, we have two, we have two styles of filmmaking here where a movie like The Black Phone, which is a modern film, and it does a really good job of showing you that time period of, of the 70s, and you, you believe that it's the 70s based on the performances, based on the way that, it's, that, that it looks. And then you have a movie like this, where it literally, this movie feels like it's from the 70s. Like someone just dusted off an old laser disc and was like, here you go. I don't know why I said laser disc. Like they're from the yeah. 80s or 90s. Well, where are they uh, from, by the way? <laughs> but they, but they, they dusted off like something really old to kind of get us this film. And I think that's what's really fantastic about it because yes again the cast is great but not only that you just have this this look to it that it's just from that era and you you would, you would have watched this in school this would have been you would have been a, a holdover in class one day and watched this what's 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 really funny too is that um dominic sessa who as we were saying this is his first role i really hope he goes the trajectory of someone like lucas hedges where Lucas Hedges just started showing up in all of these incredible dramas. And I'm like, this kid has it. He is so good in this yes, film. And I wouldn't absolutely. be surprised if we see a best actor nomination for Paul Giamatti, if we see supporting for Dominic Sessa and for uh, uh, divine joy Randolph, because they are all, they all carry this film. And even though Paul is like the biggest name in it, it really is the trio, all of their stories that are intersecting with one another and really making you feel like this is, these are real people. And I think that's what Alexander Payne has done so well is that he created a narrative. He created a story that you believe that these are real people and you are feeling what they're feeling. Yeah. What I also really love about Paul Giamatti's performance in this film is that he has some of the best just descriptions for these kids oh my and he'll gosh. just offhandedly just throw them out. And Tells I feel me. it's just indicative of the seventies where teachers could just say, whatever and the kids were just like yeah whatever they cool. could punch like, students back then i think i feel like i think they could i feel like that's what when one thing that alexander wanted to show that you know teachers you know they were strict but they were also they had like a certain demeanor there no filter and there was no filter with them especially it, in a private school especially in a private school but like you would get like paul giamani saying you you ho hormonal vulgarians and and you snarling <laughs> misfits and, and yeah, you, you cretins de degenerates and it's just it's <laughs> fitting because i feel like that time period it suited what was you know that that those kids just because of the life they lived and the world they lived in at that moment uh i don't yeah. think you can say that to kids now maybe you can you can call them rancid philistines and maybe they <laughs> <laughs> they will uh 
I don't know. Say, man. I don't even I, know what you're saying, but uh, I don't know if you can. Like, listen, my uh, I, I'll ask my mom. She's HR for <laughs> don't don't for expose her, man. You know, like, could we say this thing? Could we say that? Uh, I also love that. Uh, like, you know, they're they're a private school, so obviously they're going to say whatever they want. And a, a character like him, who is also history very focused, he teaches ancient civilizations and all of that. So he has like this repertoire of just references and languages that he'll always use so it's like he's always gonna be the smartest guy in the room um but it's nice when he's put on the back heel when it comes to these different characters when he really starts to open up but let's get to our final recommendations shabazz i'm gonna get you to start us off we get a nice big thumbs up from me right here you know so i liked it i liked it a lot i think this is that film that you're gonna be watching every holiday season a couple times it's a movie that you can kind of just leave on you know prep around the house do whatever you need to do uh my only real major complaint i think and it's not even that major is is i I think it could have been a little shorter i think could have maybe shaved off about 10 minutes from this film and it would have just made it nice and 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 lean but other than that man it's fantastic it's such a great time i think it's it's really warm it's a great hug it's like a cozy blanket we've said all the the adjectives that we possibly can but this is one that you should make the time out to go and see especially with your family because you're gonna have a great time with them I love it. I'm right there with you. This is a watch it for me. I think that there are very few instances of seeing films like this, especially ones that are getting theatrical releases. If you love great stories, if you want to spend two hours with some great characters, celebrate the holidays and just find a new Christmas classic. That's what the holdovers is for me. Um, I didn't expect it to love it as much as I did. Um, the more I think about it, the more I'm really loving it. And it's a film that I'm so excited to watch again every year, but also show my family. Uh, it really is warm and fuzzy. It's it's such a great film. And the performances, these characters, and really the message of the movie is really what is staying with me most. So definitely make the time for it. And it just feels like a movie that if it's on TV one day, like I'm always just going to like, oh, the holdovers is on. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to watch it. Um, yeah, it's great. Anthony, take us home. Well, guys, take out the Christmas tree and put the ornaments because it's a three for three. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going that was with so it. so cringe and so awkward of me saying that. No, it wasn't at all. I, oh, man. I, I was just like, that's, that's great. That's the day great. you asked me what I would give this movie a rating and what do you have to say, Anthony? <laughs> it's, a, it's a Shining Falls, that's for sure. <laughs> you know what's funny? The, the opening of this movie has some really glistening falls of, of water. That's it's a, it's a waterfall, but like it. This yeah. is funny. There were the shining falls. Uh, no, this is a watch it. I like, like you guys said, it's cozy. It's warm. It's it's probably going to be one of those staples for a lot of people during the holiday seasons to put it on because it's like you, you can put it on during uh, Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, or or even during Christmas. Even though it doesn't spend a lot of time during that period, like it doesn't really focus on. We have to go find a Christmas tree, or we have to go do this and that during Christmas. It's it's really grounded in the the character stories. It just happens mm-hmm. around this time. But I uh, I really really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the the look and the feel, the the performances. Paul I think is outstanding in this film, and uh, yeah I, I I wish I could watch it again this winter. And I I don't know I don't know if it'll come out before Christmas. Hopefully it does. I think I think it will. Yeah, I have, a, I have a feeling it will. Or you know you'll watch it in theaters again too. Uh, you mentioned to Anthony, which I think was a great. Um, was a great call out because you know we were talking about like Gus Van Sant, uh, but like you mentioned, like even early like Wes Anderson, like, yeah, it had that vibe of like these yeah. characters, right? There's a there's a there's a 
there's a vibe in the way uh, Alexander edits his this movie, and it feels like early Wes Anderson before the, his, Wes Anderson became like this is my art style that I'm going to try to continue and evolve. But this just has that feeling. Even when Paul is walking and running, he has almost like a, a comical, uh, comical vibe to him that you would yeah. normally see in like a Wes Anderson film. Just this guy feels like a cartoon character. That's in real life. It's so true. It's so true. Three for three watches, uh, watches, watches, watches. What a weird wa- watches. What a weird sentence to say. But yeah, three for three. Go watch the holdovers. It's going to be out in theaters on October 27th in the States. Next week, you'll be able to watch it in Toronto and then weeks after cities uh, from there. Wherever you're going to watch it, let us know. Please write into the show. Hello at the moviepodcast.ca. Join our Discord. Let us know what you thought of the film. If you're planning on watching it, what you're looking forward to. There are so many incredible shows and movies still coming out this year. And, you know, we're approaching the end of the year. So it's wild to think that we've already had another just huge season of movies or, or coming upon us now with December with everything coming. But again, this is the movie podcast. We're the best place for entertainment. So make sure you stay here. We have lots of reviews, lots of interviews, and just lots of amazing episodes coming your way. Um, follow us on all of our socials. Everything you need to know is in our show notes below. So just go check that out. We'll let that speak for itself. That was this time with the movie podcast and we'll see you next.